Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Falls Fugitive. This is Dave. I'm the vice president of Crime Stoppers of Wichita Falls, and I'm sorry to say that Caitlin, my co-host, will not be joining me today. Today, I have a very special guest joining me. I will be having a phone conversation with Texas Senator Pat Fallon. We will be talking about a two-year period that he devoted his time and effort to change a state law. But before we get to that, last night I had the pleasure to speak with the parents of the child that the law would ultimately be named for. So, let's get started. Crime Stoppers of Wichita Falls, in association with Design Works Group, presents Falls Fugitive. The Senator Fallon, just his passion and his his approach to life. He's, we were just talking about him earlier, what a go-getter he is. Well, Senator Fallon, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if you would, uh, for those that don't know, if you would tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you represent, and above all, what a Texas state senator actually does. Uh, the, the last part of your question, a lot of people are still wondering. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I represent Senate District 30. I have the deep honor. In fact, it's the greatest honor of my professional and political life to represent nearly a million people. And Senate District 30 is comprised of 14 counties, parts of which are Collin and Denton, and then all of 12 counties, which are Grayson, Cook, Montague, Wise, Parker, Jack, Young, Archer, Clay, Palestine, Urath, and Wichita counties. Wow, so you're and, all over the place. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 you know just great people. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's mostly rural, 105 cities, 100 other school districts, and I thoroughly enjoyed campaigning in 2017 and 18, and it's been great representing District 30 uh, in the legislature in 2019. And what we do, so in the Texas legislature, we meet for 140 days every other year on odd-numbered years. There's 150 state representatives, and I served in the House for six years, three terms. And then in the Senate, um, there are 31 members. House district or House districts are about 130,000, and their terms are two years. And in the Senate, we have four-year terms, and we represent again, depending, but about 900,000 to 950,000 uh, people. And we spend we we pass a biennial budget that this year was just north of 250 billion dollars. Oh wow! Billion with a B. Now, wow. a quarter of a trillion. I mean, Texas. Uh, David, if Texas were its own country from an economic standpoint, we'd have the 10th largest economy in the world. Oh, Larger wow. than Australia, Canada. Yeah, larger than Australia, Canada, and even Russia. Holy which, which sir, David, it makes you and me more powerful than Putin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of money. Um so let me ask you, so with all these people that you represent, do you know everybody by name? I'm trying. You're I trying. It's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm very proud to report that we've already done 21 town halls 
in the district since June, since we got out of session in late May. Because I really truly believe that you need to humble yourself and you can't you know, lead on any good legislation unless you listen and learn first. And that's something that I've prided myself on. And quite frankly, that's kind of the person that I'm, man or woman that I'd want to vote for. Right. Is somebody that I know after they win is going to listen to me. Absolutely. Now, speaking of humbling yourself, uh, now you passed a law uh, that was named uh, Lauren's Law. Uh, after a uh, the murder of 13-year-old Lauren Landavazo here in Wichita Falls. Now, the way I understand it, not only did um, you do this, but the family helped. And um, her murder, from what I understand, actually exposed um, a problem with the uh, tex- with a Texas criminal law. Can you tell us what that problem was and how Lauren's law is going to address it? Yes, we needed to definitely remedy it. And, and, you know, David, sometimes these holes in the law, so many people are unaware of. I was one of those people. I thought that if someone, if a perpetrator plotted the murder of another individual, premeditated murder, they were convicted of first degree premeditated murder, then in Texas, the option was either the death penalty, life without the possibility of parole, or what they call life, which is 30 years to life. I thought, it, but, but I thought they were all on the table. And much to my surprise, that's not the case. It is not the case. It's only the case you, you know, I think the severest crime should also, um, in hand in hand, be meted the severest punishment. Well, absolutely. Murdering a child, you know, multiple murders, things like that. So come to find out, that in Texas, if you murdered a child, premeditated murder of a child under the age of 10, that was aggravated murder. If you murdered multiple people, that would be aggravated murder. If there was a sexual assault um, and then the murder, that would be aggravated murder. There have to be extenuating circumstances and other than just the premeditated uh, plotting and then the carrying out of taking another's life. So uh, Lauren, at 13, fell outside of those bounds. And her, the worst uh, punishment that her evil, despicable, dirtbag murderer could get was life, which is 30 years to life, which means he's actually eligible for parole in 27 years from today. That, that means that Laura, yeah, that's disgusting. That is, it, that's disgusting. That means that Vern and Bianca, Lauren's parents, are going to have to go to the parole board in 27 years and testify in front of them and say, this man is a danger, and they're going to have to relive the horror again in excruciating, nauseating detail. So and they, that makes them a victim again, and that is patently absurd and unfair. So they live through, or they try to live through, the murder of their only daughter, and then they have to go through the trial and then they go through the sentencing phase and then the two years of working with you on getting this law passed and in 27 years they get to go back and do this all over again right and to, to, to not be able to sleep that that just that little bit more soundly at night knowing that in the sole consolation of losing their pride and joy that no other parent would have to face this risk from this uh 
predator. Because at least if you know that it's life without the possibility of parole, they're never getting out. Or, of course, if they read the death penalty and it's carried out, they can never harm anyone again on this earth. But they don't have that soul. So that's something that had to be remedied. Because he's a, a, a danger. Absolutely. To anyone that contacts him. And a person like that either needs to be put down or put in a cage for the rest of the life. And I'll be very candid and honest. I mean, that's how I honestly feel about this. And people like this. Wow. That, that's, uh, and now, once he's been convicted under the old law, since Lauren's law was passed after that, they can't go back, correct? And Correct. And that's what makes... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and that's what makes the journey and the activism and the crusade, if you will, of Vernon, Bianca, and Navazzo so incredibly noble and it merits our praise because they're not doing it for their situation. They know this is already a fait accompli that they're going to have to go and testify uh, that, that, that this guy's going to be eligible in 27 years. They're thinking about all of the other children of Texas, all the other parents of Texas. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, you know, I was stationed in Wichita Falls in the Air Force and at Shepard. Yeah. And I remember the the pararescue guys the combat controllers. And their motto is, I think it's in Latin, so that others may live. And isn't that what Vern and Bianca are doing? So that others may live and live a full and fruitful life and not have to go through what they went through and to make us all safer. And they have been completely pivotal and instrumental in getting this legislation passed. Now, you named the bill after Lauren, Lauren Landavazo. Um, we've kind of touched on, um, a little bit why, but how did the issue actually come to your attention out of everything that you had going on at that time? What made you decide to write a law to fix the issues, uh, with the way the current law is written? Well, it's a great question. And after session, it was brought to my attention that we took, we had 90 committee hearings in total, in totality, 61 uh, floor roll call votes, 4,310 votes on the, on the Senate floor, and 1,871 votes in committee, which when you add it all up, it's 6,332 votes. And, and, and by the way, incidentally, sidebar, I'm very proud to, to let you know that we made all 6,332 votes. We had a perfect attendance record, so best in the legislature. That's amazing. All those, thank you. It was a lot of hard work and running through the hallways when the committees were meeting at the same time. But of all those votes, over 6,000, the one vote that meant the most to me personally was the vote to get, to get Lauren's law passed and the work that we did there. So the Linda Vazos came down, Vernon and Bianca, to lobby the legislature to make this a priority. And we had filed SB 719, Lawrence Law. And I said to my staff, when they come down, please see if they'll be willing to meet with me. And they, of course, they were, because they're wonderful folks. And I went down, and I can't even tell you, David, how long we met for, but it was hours. Two and a half hours. Because they're such, 
I was actually—they yeah, they are. They're—they're they're great people. I actually sat down with them last night, and they told me two and a half hours because they were figuring that they would meet with you for about ten, fifteen minutes because of your schedule. And uh, Vern told me two and a half hours later we were walking out, which yeah, they, wiping our wiping our eyes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now this wasn't the first time, was it? Uh, the bill that you had passed, this wasn't the first time this was put uh, up for vote, what, vote, was it? So what happened was this legislative session that um, we, the, if the land of authors didn't come down, we have to, I have to really explain to you and your listeners why that was so impactful. Because when you put a face on a tragedy, it always makes it resonate more because, you know, of the 181 legislators, we're all human. We all have a heart. And regardless, you know, where you're from, a party. And so they, they, they gave some riveting testimony. James Frank had filed a companion bill in the House. And the on the video, Chairman John Whitmire, a Democrat from Houston, he's the chairman of criminal jurisprudence in the Senate. He had watched the video. And he came up, I talked to him when I was lobbying about it. And he said, oh, listen, Pat, I saw their video and I saw their testimony. I'm supportive of your bill. You will get a hearing. And I have every intention of passing it out of my committee. So the long story there, uh, I mean, long story short on the Senate side, was we passed that bill out of the Senate unanimously, 31 to 0. Very proud of that. Now, unfortunately, James, the House is just different, you know, and there's a different dynamic there, different uh, players. His bill died in the House. And it was late in the session. Fortunately, we had the life raft, which was our bill coming out of the Senate. So he picked that up and it was still having problems. So we had to, James and myself, went to the chair of the committee in the House, who's a Democrat. And we said, listen, we won't, our, our version of the Senate had an expansion of the death penalty because essentially we said, if you murder a child under the age of 15 instead of 10, which would have covered Lord, that you will face either the death penalty or life without possibility of parole. And she wouldn't uh, hear the bill if it was going to expand the death penalty. So after talking to Linda Vazos and really thinking about it and praying on it, I said, well, what if we made it life without the possibility of parole? Because then at least we know that this person is never going to harm any child again. And she said, if you do that, then I'll hear the bill. So she heard it. It passed out of committee. And then, believe it or not, it got stuck in the calendars committee, which is a second committee the way the House works, where they set the schedule. So any House bill in, this, in Texas really has to have two yes votes. One, whatever committee it's assigned to, and then another to get it on the calendar itself, and hence the, the nickname of the committee and calendars committee. So they were, it was stalled there. So I promised that I called Vernon and Bianca, and I said, listen, today I'm going to go and talk to every single one of those members individually, and there's 15 of them because I was a House member and I know them all personally. And I went and spoke to them and explained that this was the most important bill for our office. And I explained the merits of the bill. And finally, it got set on the calendar. And it didn't get passed out unanimously, but it was overwhelming. It was, I believe, 132 to 8. Oh. And we finally got it passed. And then James and I went to the conference, ironed out the differences, and the governor signed the bill with the land of Oz was present. Um, this past year. Wow. That's really something that, uh, you know, I know there's a lot that goes on in session and stuff like that. You all meet, you talk and you meet and you talk. And I know that politics is really, 
Well, it's confusing enough to me. That's why we don't talk about it in my house. But uh, anyway, uh, I can understand now um, why y'all do what you do because you're really uh, passionate about the way politics work. You don't get caught up in the politics. You get caught up in the issue. This is what we're talking about. We're not talking about politics. We're talking about this issue and in my eyes i feel like that's what you did on lauren's law you didn't get caught up. you know do i yeah i was just going to say you didn't get caught up in the politics uh you knew how to for lack of better term play the game you knew the people to go to to make this law get through i have to be honest and candid david with you if i hadn't served in the house I don't know if we could have gotten the 719 pass. I mean, maybe, but I'm not, I just, uh, there's no way of knowing, but having been there. um, So, you know, in the future, when people do vote for state senators, I really wouldn't, I mean, take that into consideration. Have they been in the house? Because if they have, that's probably your most qualified person. uh, All those things being equal to, to serve. It really does help to know all those folks. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm you know, and you... just do I know? Sorry, God. I was going to say just to give you a, a little bit of also background on how why some of those eight votes voted no. I talked to one member on the calendar committee who will remain nameless, a Democrat, and she said, "With all this criminal justice reform, how are you making penalties more severe? Can't you believe it? Don't y'all? I thought y'all were Christians. Don't you believe in forgiveness?" And I said to her, absolutely, we believe in forgiveness. But you have to understand, some crimes are just so heinous that they need to be punished severely to protect everyone. This isn't about revenge. This is about justice. There is a distinct difference. Right. You can't, we can forgive Timothy McVeigh and put him to death at the same time because he murdered 168 people. You don't, he doesn't get reformed and then let that, let, let go. You, when you, violate the social contract to that egregious a level of degree you don't get out of a cage because it's too you're just too damn dangerous right. and some people unfortunately are just are just too evil oh i get that i get that you know that more than anyone uh, with your career you know you 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 were a you were a purveyor you were a senatorial of justice a century of justice for decades yeah, my thank I, you by the way for your service. Sure, <clears throat> I um, was at the Wichita County Jail. My brother uh, retired from the um, uh, Wichita Falls Police Department. He was a sergeant there, and so we kind of had it running through our blood, so to speak. Uh, we we still today uh, when we see each other, we talk about different things that uh, he dealt with that I dealt with in the jail. It was kind of an ongoing. Uh, joke in our family that he wouldn't arrest him on the street to bring him to me in the jail so it's kind of a family affair how does it make you feel to know that there's a, a law out there named after lauren yeah i don't know if it's really it's, totally hit me yet right <laughs> it hit me it's it, it's very been, proud uh, I... from the from the get-go and all this horrible tragedy was just 
the overwhelming pride. That's how I knew that I was not dead. That's how I knew my heart was not completely destroyed because it swells with pride. With knowing the impact of the Lord had. Now, just to kind of give you a backstory, real quick. Uh, Lauren was the uh, girlfriend of my wife's nephew. Uh, I got to meet Lauren, or we both did, uh, at a swimming party at his, um, uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but out of respect, but um, at his grandparents' home. Sweetest girl. Sweetest girl I've ever seen. I mean, at 13 years old, she was just living life. Uh, She loved life. Uh, Now, her parents... Uh, Vern and Bianca, we've become really, really good friends over the years. And from talking with them, uh, you kind of touched on it earlier about their involvement. It, I gathered that they were pretty instrumental in helping you with the bill. Can you tell me what it was like working with them and what I can only say uh, must have been... A very difficult time for any parent and uh, can you kind of let me know what it was like working with them absolutely I mean godly and joyous uh, are two words that spring to spring to mind they're just wonderful loving people you can just feel their heart you know this. Um, they're just people that care and they are folks that you want in your community because they care about things greater than they are. And you can't give a, a person a one more wonderful compliment than the world is a better place with you in it. And that goes for both Bird and Bianca. And without them being actively involved, you know, who knows what would have happened because would the chair of the Senate uh, Criminal Justice Committee, would he have felt so passionately about it or not? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't even know. So. Uh, meeting with me and uh, lighting that spark for me, it was always a priority in our office, one of our top priorities, but it became the number one priority after I met with them. And, you know, when I talked to James Frank, my colleague and good friend in the house, it was also, you know, one of his top priorities. And it's that personal touch, like with many things. But the thing that, again, I admire so much about them is they channeled their grief into a passion to protect others. Exactly. That's exactly what they do. You know, do. there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. Yep. Well, in speaking with them last night, um, I can tell you um, that they, you and um, Representative Frank, are on a very, very high pedestal with them. Um, what y'all did, uh, the patience, the time that you took, keeping them informed, keeping them involved, um, they were very, very much appreciative of it. And I know they'd want me to what pass that on to you. No, thank you. What, but, you know, that goes right back. They were the ones that inspired us. We're the ones that are blessed to know them, not the other way around. And for to be able, you know, with this technology that we have today, you really need to leverage it as a legislator. And I try to give people active updates. Um, sometimes, you know, people that are directly involved, like you know, Lenovato, via text. I mean, I can be on the Senate floor during a debate with another member and can, you know, while the other member has a microphone, grab the phone and give them a little tap. Say, hey, we're talking about the bill right now. You know, 
Um, they came to this. <laughs> I, I do that occasionally. Um, and they came to the Senate floor and they were up in the gallery. And I, you know, we do recognitions for our constituents on occasion. And I recognize them. And I thought I was just going to be a very short recognition. Hey, they're here. This is what tragically happened to them. But this is the bill that we're, you know, trying to pass. And I was just so overwhelmed and overcome with emotion. It was very difficult to even speak. And you could just feel that everything on the Senate floor that day went by the wayside. All of our petty differences, all of the, you know, the contrast, the differences in priorities just were washed away. And we were all focused on two human beings and two parents that have gone through one of the, the, the worst possible tragedy anybody can face and endure. And all we had, we were unified, 31 hearts beating as one, looking up at them with tears in our eyes and a quiver in our voice saying that we love you, we appreciate you, and we're going to do right by you. Now, didn't they, uh, didn't they call the uh, Senate to session on their, in their honor? We, we can adjourn on, yeah, we can adjourn on, uh, in honor of, uh, folks. And we adjourned in the memory of Lauren Lindavato. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Y'all, uh, and, and, and I have to tell you too, Lieutenant Governor Patrick couldn't have been, um, more supportive. And he is also, he's not only the Lieutenant Governor, he's the president of the Senate and he runs the chamber. And so without his backing, this wouldn't have happened either. He was just wonderful in that regard. And of course, that goes same goes for Governor Abbott. So really, there's a lot of champions and heroes. And I think Lauren's parents, Martin and Bianca, being absolutely at the top of that list that made all this happen. And we really worked together. And what the Lundavazos allowed us to do as a legislature and as a deliberative body is to show the very best of us. You know, the better angels of our nature were on display through the process with a couple of shadows and uh, obstacles thrown in our way. But we, we pushed them aside and we moved forward. Absolutely. Uh, now, finally, one more thing, and um, I'll let you get on about your day. Um, with the passing of Lauren's Law, uh, how is it going to help other Texas parents going forward? Well, our work is not done. This was phase one. So what, what, what it has done immediately, because the law has taken effect, is if any a child in the future is uh, under the age of 15, if their life is taken, then the perpetrator will face life without the possibility of parole. So no parent will ever have to lose a child and have to go through what the Lenovaz have to go through, which is a parole hearings, you know, um, three decades down the road. But that's stage one. I'm filing a bill in the next legislative session to make, uh, make an aggravated murder if you get convicted of first degree murder, period, regardless of age. And I'll have a, a separate bill, if that doesn't uh, get passed, then at least 18 and under to make sure any child. Because life is so precious, and you know this. Oh, yeah. Life is so precious. How can we let someone that plots it, not even out of 
anger or passion or you know temporary insanity in the, in the moment. That's that's manslaughter. That's worse because you're still. Uh, I mean, that's just all nearly as bad. I mean, a life is taken, a life is taken. But when you have coldly and rationally plot to rob another's life and that you will be eligible for parole, the worst we can give you is 30 years, that doesn't add up to me. Yeah, that's that's gut-wrenching right there. Yeah, we need to have that discussion and, and put people, call people to task. Because I don't think this is a, a party thing. I don't think this is a partisan thing. This is about justice for all. Equal protection under the law. We all have a God-given right to life. Our Constitution guarantees life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Life is the first thing. So I will be filing that bill. And we have, because I think that's still, there's still a hole that exists. We've filled in part of it. We need to fill in the whole thing. Well, it's a start. It's a start. Yeah, and it's the, a good start. The sad thing is uh, that a child uh, had to die in order for this to happen, but it brought attention. <clears throat> excuse me. It brought attention to the to the whole to the gap in the in the system and between um, Verna Bianca, uh, Representative Frank, and yourself. Um, Y'all did a good thing here. Y'all did, did an absolutely good thing here, and I know everybody uh, thanks you for that. No, thank you very much. And uh, I listen, David, you're a part of the process as well, and I'm deeply grateful to you to have me on so we can talk about this so more people can become educated and aware because I know people out there are very busy with their lives and following all the rules, paying, paying the bills, living their lives, loving their families. You know, contributing to the community, it's our job to be their voice in Austin. And that's why it's important to have these types of venues to let them know what we've done and give them the highlights of the 140-day session we just had. Right. Well, and we appreciate uh, appreciate your effort, and I really do want to thank you for uh, joining me today on, uh, on this podcast, um, talking about what, uh, I'm sure was a very difficult, uh, two plus years, not only in your life, but, uh, also in Vernon Bianca's life, but y'all did a very good thing. We thank you for it. Most of all, I thank you for joining me on this episode of Falls Fugitive. Thank you so much, David. God bless you. All right. Take care, sir. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We've just had a conversation with Senator Pat Fallon about uh, the passage of Lauren's Law and uh, the process that he, uh, Representative Frank, and Verna Bianca Landavazo went through and ultimately uh, getting it named after their uh, daughter who was tragically killed um, just over three years ago. Uh, there was so many people involved in this. It wasn't just Representative Franks or Senator Fallon. There were so many other people involved. Um, what would y'all like to say to them? So we'll forever be grateful to see some of them again. But, you know, they were put in our lives for a reason. They were on our path for a reason. We couldn't have done it without them. I mean, there's just no way. Two people went in there to start this. <laughs> But it took a lot of people to get this job done. It just did. And I that we did approach, you know, 
Representative Jad, we didn't just sit on it. I'm so glad that we did it, even our awful grief, especially at that time, that we started the spark right there. To do what they did, thank you. Yes, yeah, so that that gives us hope that, that and it, it is something that probably most of them didn't know. Uh, I'd like to, uh, again, thank Vern and Bianca for discussing with me what can I, I can only describe as a parent's worst nightmare. And again, thank you to Senator Fallon for joining me on the phone call to discuss just how Lauren's Law came about. Next time, we'll be talking about the murder of 13-year-old Lauren Landavazzo, which led to her law being passed. As always... If you have any information on any felony crime, call Crime Stoppers at 940-322-9888 or submit a tip online at wfcrime.com or you can download our tip app. The It's P3. Uh, you can like us and share us on our podcast. Follow our podcast Twitter page at Falls Fugitive as well as our Crime Stoppers Twitter page at Crime Falls. Also like us on Facebook. We'd love to read some of your comments, and we really do appreciate you joining us again on another episode of Falls Fugitive. Y'all take care, and we'll see you next time.